This is an AMI podcast. Welcome to Double Tap Canada, the show where blind people talk tech. Have your say. Call us, text us to 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet us at Double Tap Canada and find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favorite double tappers. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Yes, I am Stephen Scott. Whether you like it or not, I'm here with you this week. Not Priest is here. He's not happy about it. Fine. Fine. I'm only joking. Hello, Stephen Scott. How are you, sir? I'm all right. Did you have a nice Christmas? Did you enjoy Ah, Christmas time? It was beautiful. You know what I love about Christmas? It is, of course, the dinner. That's it. That's all I care about. It is amazing. I was so full, I just (laughs) fell into a coma. Great. (laughs) That's what you do. You just watch TV. And, of course, you know, these days especially, you've got to be so careful. You can't just go out and wander the streets and shake hands with anyone willy-nilly, you know. (laughs) <laughs> Why not? What's yeah. the matter with you? Well, there's, there's a virus out there, you know. you got to be careful. Oh, yes, of course. I never leave the house anyway. You know that. I know, that's it's... the thing. Right? Blind people had this. We've got this. You know. We were... Yeah, welcome to our world. Exactly. The rest of the world, yes. We've been we've been stuck in for years. <laughs> that's why we're so good with our technology, because we don't really do anything else. Um, but yes, uh, lovely to be with you. I hope you're having a nice uh, day. No Mark this week. Uh, I think he's clearly had way too much to eat over the festive period so um yeah he couldn't he couldn't make it this week that's nice isn't it i uh, know but what what does mark eat I, i'm confused what do you eat in canada is it any different do you mean what do you eat in canada well i mean you know it may be completely different i i i don't know over here i had dripping and brussels sprouts obviously i'm british so what do you eat in canada over christmas um well there's a question for our listeners email yeah. Yeah, send us an email and we'll read it out next week. Maybe. Uh, Yeah, I think I'll say the biggest thing in Canada that I like, which I have to say for us is a pretty basic thing, but in Canada is a big deal, is poutine. Oh, I know. That sounds amazing. You see, in the north here in the UK, chips and gravy, as we would call it. I love it. Chips and gravy and mushy peas. Oh, so that sounds very similar. I'm all into that. Yeah, but that... That in Canada is like a delicacy. I remember when I was in a restaurant, we were, I was over in, in Toronto back in, what, 2019? Feels like forever ago. You know? Such a jet setter. Oh, I know, I know. But I was getting a chance to meet the guys, the wonderful people at AMI, and we went out for dinner uh, on the night I was coming home. I think they were trying to get rid of me, and they were celebrating, actually, <laughs> that I was leaving the country. Uh, and we'd gone out for dinner. And I said, okay, look, you know, I'm in Canada. I'm here for the first time. Well, not first time I've been to Canada before that, but, you know, in, in that particular setting. And I said, you know, what, what should I have? What should I eat? And they said, um, you need poutine. And you know that way when it came, I thought, is this a joke? Because to what? me, <laughs> chips and gravy, essentially what we're talking about here, is something you would have after a night on the tiles, having yes. an evening out, maybe you've had too much to drink, and yes. you need to soak up that alcohol and to do that, you pour chips and gravy down your throat. Of course, you're you're comparing it. It's very akin to a kebab, isn't yes, it? You that's know, right. plenty of chili sauce. It's the same sort of thing. It's it's chippy food we say over here, but oh, it is so good. It's it's not a delicacy over here. No, it's, uh, no, it's a get you through the night. Then it, anything with gravy on is automatically 100 times better. It's like putting cheese on anything. It just oh, no, makes no, it no, great. No, 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 no. See, I, I'm not a cheese person. I'm oh, not into cheese. Whoa, can't no. do cheese. You Sorry. know why? It gives me nightmares. I can't work with you. No, it doesn't give it you nightmares. It gives me nightmares. Okay. You're very delicate. I'm doing <laughs> apologise. <laughs> I'm only delicate in my sleep. Um, when I'm awake, I'm wild. But when it's uh, you know, when it comes to, to sleep, I don't, I'm scared. Uh, so, yeah, poutine is the thing you would have. But, um, no, I imagine that, you know, we all probably have the usual, you know, the turkey, the chicken. Are you turkey or chicken when it comes to Christmas? I'm beef. I'm sorry. Are you? I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I can't. Uh, no, I'm not into turkey. Uh, or, or No, beef is the answer. To me, though, it's all about the roast potatoes. Going back to the, um, what do you call it? Poutine. Um, poutine. Roast potatoes and gravy. That's all I care about. I mean, you know, a nice roast potato is a thing of beauty, sir. Do you know what we should have done? I was just thinking what? about this. We should have actually done an episode in the kitchen where we, you know, cook a Christmas dinner using technology <laughs> in our, our kitchen. But the problem I have... With that is, That's not going to happen. I don't know how any of it works. 
I mean, I can work the microwave. I've got a talking microwave. Can you put, yes. can you put a chicken in that? Uh, why not try it out? <laughs> I, I don't see why not, apart from food poisoning. You should be fine. The air fryer. That is the... Oh, uh, yes. Everything goes in the air fryer. I love it. Yeah, I, I I do love the air fryer, I must say. To me, everything is really simple. It's 180 degrees, 20 minutes. That's it. Everything in my life, 20 minutes, 180. Exactly. Um, or 200 yes. if I'm feeling wild, you know. Um, <laughs> if I feel like I maybe want my chicken just a little bit crispier. Um, it's like the microwave, four minutes, 100% power. That's it. Exactly. Well, I, I, what is it about microwaves? Medium power, high power. Why would you not want high power? I know. Who does? Who cooks it on low? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Come on now. I want to wait longer. Well, that's what I'm thinking, right? If you cook it on low power, it's going to take longer to cook and it's not going to be cooked as well. You're welcome, listeners. Uh, that's your culinary advice. Listen, we know nothing. I eat meatballs from a tin, right? So I, I, I'm not the person to come to for advice when it comes oh, to, to food. I can second that. I, let, let me say, Stephen rang me the other day and said that last night he spent the night... Lying in bed, eating turkey dinosaurs. <laughs> I was and disgusted beans. on everyone's... Oh, and beans, and of beans. course. Yes, you, you did you, have a side you, dish. You've got to have a side, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it can't just be on its own. Come on. You're not 12, Stephen. Grow up. Oh, no, no, it was great. And, you know, my wife bought me one of those... It's like a little table thing that you put on the bed. So you sit up in bed and you have this tray and it's got these little legs that fold out. Oh, and you can like your... you're in hospital. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I was so... It's the one thing I loved about hospital was dinner time. You know, it was always the, my favourite bit. <laughs> and sometimes you get to sit in those chairs, and I don't know where they get these chairs from in hospitals, but they're so comfortable. Okay. I'll see if I can sort you out a visit. <laughs> you, sound, you seem to be a fan of hospitals, Stephen. I am the... Str- well, I spent a lot of time in them. Um, but, you know, it's funny to me, right? Because when I go in, I think, you know, these chairs... And, and they kind of they kind of hug you in a way. You know, they're so comfortable and you feel so safe sitting in it. There's no room for manoeuvre. That's partly because of me and my size. But there's not, <laughs> a, huge, chair. There's not a huge amount of room to move around in it. Um, but it's so comfortable. I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking, you know, all I need now is a laptop and I am sorted for the next month. In fact, you know, I'll just stay here. I'm fine You're a weird, weird person. Oh, I know, I know. You, you just figured this out? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk tech this week. I promise you, we're gonna talk tech this week. I, I, I tell you what, we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about I think some of the things we think are coming in 2022. Um, I also want to talk about some things a bit closer to home because I got a new parcel today in the post, just arrived, <gasps> and oh. this is something I've never owned before. And you know, wow. that, I'll, I'll tell you what's significant about this. Right, I wanted to buy something that I don't have, which is difficult. My wife had said to me, what do you want for Christmas? And I said, Look, I, don't, I don't need anything, to be honest. So it, it basically, we just agreed we we're going to put some money aside and we'll go on holiday whenever we can go on holiday again. Um, and we'll just do that, right? Because we don't really need anything. She's the same and, and I feel the same way. So I thought, right, well, let's just, let's just, you know, never mind spending money on nothing. Because you do that yeah. at Christmas, don't you? You spend all this no. money and you think, why am I doing this? You know, it's just- You're impossible to buy anything for. Yeah, but... You're uh, absolutely impossible. But there's also that problem, I think, that people, they do this thing where they buy presents and it's almost like a show. It's like how many parcels are under the tree that are for you? And I just, I think it, I'm just a bit over all that. I mean, you know, I'm 40 years old for a start. <laughs> you know, I'm not 12 <laughs> anymore, except when I'm eating turkey dinosaurs in bed. Yes. Um, but, you know, I just don't think there's a need for it anymore. Uh, and, and I'm the type anyway, and I think a lot of us have probably gotten to that stage now where we, you know, if you want something, you, you maybe buy it yourself or, you know, you save it's up for so it. It's just so easy now, isn't yeah. it? I mean, everyone just, you just browse and buy. That's the world we live in, and I love it. Yeah, so do I. So <laughs> for that reason, I did that. I just, I bought this just after Christmas. I thought I'm going to get one of these. And it's just, it's just turned up today, which is brilliant. So we're going to talk about this um, because it's something I have never had before. It's something I'm quite excited to try. Um, and it does have a purpose, I think, in my life. But we'll see. We'll see. Because I, I, I don't know much about it, but I just thought, I know I don't have one. And interestingly, I couldn't get it on Amazon. That was the other interesting thing. So you wow. know, I spent so much time on Amazon that I thought, well, you know, surely it'll be available on there. And it wasn't. So I had to go to another store. What is it? A unicorn? That's mad. What's not on Amazon? <laughs> it's like I broke Google with a question. That's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like you ask a question and you're like, you know, 
wonder if, I wonder what question I can ask Google that I won't know the answer to. I think I found that question, by the way. The question is, you know, anything to do with a screen reader or accessible tech. I think nope. that's, yeah, because you'll not find any answers on there, let me tell you. Someone's angry. I'll tell you a story about that a bit later as well. Uh, but anyway, we'll get into all that as we uh, relax after the festive period or during the festive period, arguably, we head up to New Year. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about some of the tech we've got. Uh, that's all coming up here on Double Tap Canada. Stick around. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. Double Tappers, want to get involved? Call the show now at 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca and have your say. This is Double Tap Canada. It's a tech show. Honest. It is. Okay, let's, shall we open some tech? Shall we open up some, some tech on the show? Oh, it's like Christmas again. I know. It's like I thought I'd bring back the Christmas spirit of ripping boxes open. Uh, the great thing is this one is wrapped. Um, it comes in oh. the shop packaging. Oh, it's still it's still got packaging all around it as well. It's still it's all shrink wrapped. Uh, so this is oh, it, the text on this is huge. It's the Lenovo Smart Clock Two. Two. Oh, yes. you missed the first one. This time it's personal. <laughs> um, yeah, this is uh, in blue. I should say as well in beautiful. Well, I think it's in blue. I'm sure nice. I ordered the one that was in blue. Um, but yeah, this is a smart clock too. So this is a Google Assistant, Google Assistant powered smart clock. And this is kind of different, right? Because you're thinking here, I'm thinking, I guess, a little bit of the Echo Show 5 or the Echo Show 8 in terms of style here. Um, it's the same kind of idea. Uh, I'm going to open it up because um, I think it's got like a fabric surround on it. Kind of similar oh, to what the is, Echo Show does. This is so weird, Stephen. You know, I'm, I don't want to be dismissive. Tech. But yeah, well, yeah, that. <laughs> But firstly, you and Google, I mean, you know, it just doesn't mix. Well, it's no, crazy. it doesn't. It doesn't. But there is a reason for this, right? Okay, I'm mm. just open up here. Let's just see. I'll just take the... And why is it a clock with a... I mean, what are we talking? Like a bedside radio alarm clock or... Well, I think it could be. Yeah, I mean, it is a smart clock, right? So, um... Mm. Yeah, hang on. I'm just opening up the box here. Enjoy the music while I uh, figure this out. Do, oh, it's do, tiny. Do, do. It's oh, tiny. Terrible. Oh, okay. it's so cute and small, and wow, that's so small. Okay, so it's actually smaller than the Echo Show 5. Meaning you can't see the numbers on yeah, it. Yeah, probably. Um, right, perfect. Well, okay, there is that. Um, right, I'll open it up, um, and we'll get into this and see what it's like. So it's, oh, it's got a lovely fabric finish around it, which is quite nice. Um, it's not particularly heavy. I mean, it's, it's pretty light. Um, um, what's quite cool about this is it doesn't have a camera in it. Or at least I don't think it does. Um it doesn't have a camera, so it's ideal for the bedroom. A lot of people like that. Um, so the screen is its almost like triangular. I'd say it's very much like those old-style alarm clocks, the way the old-style... Not style. the pyramid talking alarm no, clocks. No, I not quite love the them. pyramid. No, no, no. Uh, Triangle sides, um, but certainly a square front. So you've got the rectangular front where the clock is. Uh, you've got two buttons on top. Uh, rather interestingly, very tactile. Along the top, you've got on the top right side, you've got a plus and then a minus on the far left side. Um, there's a little hole on the front of the screen. I'm wondering if that's a microphone, maybe? Seems to be the same on the other side. Maybe these are microphones. I don't think there's a camera in this, and I remember reading that. Um, on the bottom, there's two holes at the bottom. I don't know if that's maybe like a battery compartment or maybe... Oh, actually, do you know what? That might be for a charging base. Oh, it is. I tell you it is because I didn't get this one, but you can get a charging base for it which this sits on. And what's quite cool is the charging base, it extends to the right and there's a wireless charging pad as well. So you could charge your phone up whilst you're, you know, looking at your clock. So you oh, know, that's quite cool. That is quite cool. But it kind of makes it a bit unsightly because it's this huge big tray that this little yeah. clock is sitting on. It's really small. Um, on the back, there's a hole for power and a little switch at the back. Should we plug it in? Should we see what it's like? I love this. I mean, this is truly first impressions. I mean, you've got no idea, have you? You, you just... No. <laughs> I like it. Keep yeah. going. This is the way we're doing it now. Plug it in. Just see what happens. Um, what could possibly go wrong? No, nothing. Absolutely nothing. No, don't look, I mean, I just... I have literally just... I mean, you know I just got this, like, five minutes. Well, I'm, I'm interested to see why would you go for this over just a normal Google... Uh, what do they call it now even? The Google Nest Mini speaker? Well, price primarily, right? So we're talking 50 bucks here for this thing. 
Um, but yeah, same price as a Nest Mini is it smart though? speaker. Is it? Though I thought the Nests were a bit more expensive than that in the hundreds. I thought. I mean, oh, if and you're going for the large bigger. ones. Yeah, and and the, the, even the smaller Nest, which I've actually, I think I've got or had the original Google Hub, uh, was bigger than this. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, if you don't care about the screen, right? If we're, well, if we're just talking, who cares? If it's that small that you're not going to be able to make out the, the numbers on it to use the clock function. You know what, let's see. I don't know. Plug it in. Maybe it's just a... I'm here to oh. help. Oh. To get started, please download the Google Home app on a phone or tablet. Well, decent sound off it anyway. Yeah, sounds all right. It's actually not bad considering the size of this thing. Uh, so, right, the, the first question I have is, can we get any kind of accessibility on it? Because if it is Google-driven, we've also got the, the volume there, but can we get... How could we turn on... Keep mashing the button, Stephen. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm just thinking if I hold down, say, plus and minus, does that do anything? What's that button at the back do? Does that just turn it off? Well, being Google, it would be. All oh, right, so the back, the button at the back is actually to mute the mic. The mic gotcha. back on. Okay, so that's fine. And I like uh, how it tells you that. That's nice. I like Google. But we don't we don't have any ability to, <laughs> to, to But uh, No, to if it's a touchscreen, then I would try... I mean, I'm thinking Google talkback and things. You you just put two fingers on the front of the screen, maybe? Hold them in the centre? But is it a touchscreen No. Do, do you know what's interesting? Yes. I was just tap. I was just double tapping the screen, just literally mashing the screen to see what happened. And the first thing that happened there is Zoom came on. So I double tapped on the screen, and it's actually zoomed in on oh, the text. Right. So it's like I thought a, you were starting a meeting. Okay, <laughs> no, no, not that Zoom. Yeah. No, it's actually right. kind of created. So that's quite handy, actually. So if you were struggling to read it, you can just double tap on the screen, and it will make the text larger. Okay, let's hold down two fingers on the screen. Because that that's the Android way, isn't it? To Yeah, you may need to power it off and uh, when you power it on, hold the fingers on the screen. So, what, so take the power out and then... Yeah, unplug it and plug it back in, but hold two fingers on the centre screen. I don't oh, know, I'm only that, guessing. This here. is ridiculous. Right, hang on. Yeah, okay. forget it. Right, hang on, let's try this. Okay, so I'm powering it back on. Hello, listeners. You're listening to Double Tap Canada. Hey, listen, people are loving this. You behave I yourself. I know, I can tell. No, people are this people are wanting to know what this is all about. I mean, that's the thing, right? This is the whole thing. If we can get technology like this and make it, you know, if you because hey, it's real life, right? Well, yes, and also you buy something, being able to set it up yourself is the key. So, if you buy something like this, very mainstream piece of tech, can you make it work for you? Because um, there's no way to. Oh. Hi, I'm your Google Assistant. I'm here to help. To get started, please download the Google Home app on a phone oh. or tablet. Right, well, it's not doing anything. So clearly I need to get this... I need to get this app to do this. So I'm going to have to go to the app and set it up that way. Now, that may allow me to switch on things like accessibility there. So, yeah, I'll do that, and then we can talk about that, how we got on next week with that, because I'm not going to do that here on the show. That will take forever. Why not? We've got an hour. <laughs> yeah, the whole hour is me setting this thing up. I'm just checking if there's any other buttons on it. So there's a there's a little bit of fabric at the bottom left. I think that might be the Lenovo logo. Um fabric around the side. I mean it's it's quite a rough fabric, so it's not it's not very pleasant to touch, but in my view, but um but it is nicer than just having your your bog standard plastic. And I guess it's it's you know, this is blue. I think that it comes in pink. I think it comes in other colours. So, you know, it can be quite nice around the home. The screen size I'm guessing is probably four or maybe three odd three maybe three point five, four inches. It's not very big. Um huge bezel around the edge as well. I mean they could get rid oh, of that and you know boom. make the screen bigger. But um seems to be quite a clear display. I mean the only text I can read on it is where it says get the app. Everything beyond that I can't read. I know I'm confused by this this confuses me. I don't like it, right? So it's called a smart clock. So is it just a clock or I mean it's no. basically Right, so it's got a touchscreen display yeah, on it. You can you can listen to music on it, you can do all the things you would do no, no, with yeah, a, any I get other. that. But you could do that with a smart speaker. What the point I'm making is this is a display. This is like the Echo Show or the Google Hub, Nest Hub. This has got a display on it. Yeah, that's so right. What? I mean, for me, the whole point of this was to be able to have a clock in front of me, hopefully big enough that I would be able to use as a timer on the show. Now, I have a little timer here that I use when I'm doing the show. I got a big print one from Amazon. So the text is massive on it. And it is great. Nice. But I kind of like the idea 
of being able to talk to the timer. Um, yeah. But the other thing is I don't want to invoke Lady A at the same time. I don't want to have two of those devices at home. So I thought maybe having, you know, one being Google and one being... Actually, hang on. Have I just turned it <laughs> off again? Oh, I think I just unplugged it. I was going to just say if I could talk to it. <laughs> that would have been a novel idea, wouldn't it? I'm going to turn it yeah. on and try that. Um, but yeah, basically with having two of them in the room, I wanted to have two separate ones. And it means I can talk to one, talk to the other, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I don't know what else I can do with this thing. I may put it into the bedroom. I'll be interested to hear what the sounds like compared to the Echo Dot, for example, I've got in my bedroom just now. Yeah. Um, Is I that mean, the Dot 4 or 3? Uh, what are we on? The round one or the mm, flat one? The round one, yes. So that's that 4. Yeah, 4, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Although I have to say third gen is, is a brilliant sound as well. Um, when it comes to right, okay, here we go. I'll try. I'll try talking. I'm your Google Assistant. I'm here to help. To get started, please download yeah. the Google Home app on a phone or tablet. Okay, Google. Turn on. No. What's it called? <laughs> I don't know. Reader. What do you want it to? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not interested. Okay, fine. Um, I just wanted to try that. Okay. You mean turn on screen reader didn't work, Stephen? That's yeah, madness. She didn't even bother with me. That's the point. She's probably thought Sorry, this I, was nothing. I should say turn on, hang on, what's it called? Screen reader. It didn't work. <laughs> it makes perfect sense to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm quite intrigued to try it. I mean, for the price of it, about 50 bucks, 35 quid in the UK. Um, it's not a huge amount of money to to play with just to, to try this kind of thing out. Um and as I say, mm. if, if it provides... Because the one thing I find with the Echo that really irritates me with the screen, Echo with a screen, like the Echo Show 5 or 8 or 10 or whatever, is that yeah. when you ask it certain questions, it will show you the information visually. It will not relay that information audibly. Yes. Now, haven't they updated that? Can you change that in the settings? I don't know because I look, this all goes back to me, the, the importance of having a display on a mm. smart speaker. And I... I honestly, I've got a couple, but I'd never use the display, the visual aspect of it. Obviously, I don't. But I mean, I, I, I don't think there's a reason to have it. I think you're far better off with a smart speaker without well, a display. I agree. I do agree. And I think that, you know, for me, this is literally just going to be a big timer if I can get it to be that. And if it's not that, then, you know, it'll just yeah. become a bedroom clock, I guess. Um, but, you know, I just think it's, it's an interesting little idea. And, you know, you know, I'm like, I, I like Sean to test things on behalf of the nation. No, I know that, Stephen. Uh, you're basically you're a hero. Thank you. Well, that's what I'm getting at. Yes. Um, <laughs> thank you for saying it in that way. Uh, yeah, I am a hero. Get over it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, we're still a little bit drunk I on know, Brussels I think sprouts and Christmas dinner. Um, but this is this is basically what this period of of time is for. It's for playing with silly gadgets and doing that thing where people do where they sit on a couch. Or a sofa, depending on how you look at it. Um, and you sort of pick up technology and look at it. You know the family do this thing whenever they get a new thing at Christmas? They always sit and they look at it and they go, hmm, nice, yeah. Got no <laughs> look idea. confused and just ask the children in the house to sort it out and Throw get it Throw at working. a child and say, please fix this thing, will you? Uh, speaking of which, um, and, and speaking of children in particular, I say mm -hmm. children, that's maybe a bit unfair, but let's say young people. Uh, I've been turning to young people a lot recently because of my Braille display. So I've got the Focus 40 Braille display, which I'm really loving, and, and I have loved for a long time with my iPhone. But I've been trying to get into it a bit more with JAWS. And hooking it up to a PC, you think is a simple process, and it arguably is, but it's the information that comes off the Braille display and all the data that comes onto this thing. You're like... What on earth is going on? And, yeah. and what is what's happening? And is it connected? And is it thinking about it? And is this the information I should be getting? And, and when am I in the menu? And what's this for? And all these things that are going on, it's, it's not as simple as you would think. Weirdly, it's a lot easier to connect, I think, a, a display with an iPhone and get up and running with it than it is with a PC. Um, but for that, I turned to the internet. And, you know, I thought, Freedom Scientific, they'll have tons of resources in this. And they do. They've got tons of, of resources online. But there's also a ton of videos out there, and I'm really pleased about this. I made that joke earlier about, you know, when you, you Google something and you don't get an answer or assistive tech. I yeah. am joking a bit because that has changed. And, you know, what I'm starting to find are that a lot of people, and there was a young girl who was presenting, uh, I don't know her name, um, and, all, and the reason I say young girl is because she was talking about being at school or college, I think. So, you know, I don't know if she was American. 
and she was talking about connecting up the Braille display. And she was brilliant because she talked me through it in a way that I understand because, you know, when blind people talk about these things, they know what they're talking about, especially those people who use it. And I want to yeah. listen to people like that. Um, she had interestingly started using um, JAWS at seven years old. So she was wow. totally on board with JAWS. And yeah. she said something which I thought was really interesting. She doesn't use a lot of the functions, the Braille-specific functions, to control JAWS. So, you know, you can do, like, shift and control, and you can, you know, essentially do all your keyboard commands you can do in a QWERTY on a Braille display. On a, yeah. She says, I don't do that. She says, because it's just too complicated. It's too much to bother with. And I'm thinking, well, hang on. She started this at seven years old. Yeah, how difficult is it? She, wow. she knows way but I'm like, I, have, I feel confident now to just say I'm not going to do that because I think when you get into the world of Braille and you're using a Braille display, you tend to feel the desire to jump headfirst into all of it because you feel you have to. It's like you've made the investment, you've bought the tech, you've got it hooked up, I really should be using this. But I think arguably, and this is where I think the Mantis Q40 is probably the best. If I didn't have these, I would have got the Mantis Q40. It, was, it wasn't out when I got these. Um, but, you know, this is the Mantis Q40, because it's QWERTY, it has the Braille display. To me, that's perfect. Um, is it? I don't know. Is that sort of doing away with the, the whole... Because it's all about learning the Braille keyboard as well, isn't it? Well... That's an cheating. That's a bit of an argument in the community at the minute, isn't it? Because I, I've heard this argument before of people saying, well, it's important to know how to type Braille. And I think it is. It absolutely is. But at the same token, more of us are using computers than anything else. Not many of us are producing Braille on a Perkins. I mean, yes, you can. And it's handy to be able to do that. But, you know, ultimately... You can connect an embosser, if you've got one, up to a computer and it'll print out Braille for you in the way that a, a Perkins would if you were in front of it tapping away Who's all got day. an embosser? Who's well, got an embosser? You might not, the size you of might... a wardrobe and costs thousands. No, absolutely. But you may not have one, but you may have access to one through maybe a local group or maybe a society has one and you're able to use it or maybe able to send the files to someone to get it printed. I've just thought of a great business idea. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen's buying an embosser. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen's printing Braille. Um but, you know, that, that actually, you know, that's the way to do it, right? So there are ways to do it, which means you would only ever touch the computer. You wouldn't really bother too much with the Perkins style. So knowing the QWERTY keyboard is probably more important in that case. And most of us, like this girl said yesterday, are growing up using the keyboard, using JAWS or a screen reader or a Mac or whatever. Um, you know, they're using that with a QWERTY keyboard but also reading the Braille. So which is more important? Is it the writing as in the creation of the Braille with the, the Perkins keys, or is it more important to be able to read it? I would say reading is more important than the writing. Um, yeah. Okay. Marginally. Uh, you know, if you're putting them next to each other, I'd say the the reading is probably more important because you need to be able to read the, the thing, right? What's the point? Um, yeah. But the writing part, well, you know, as long as you're getting the information down... Uh, I don't know. I don't. I think, I think the QWERTY keyboard is probably the best way for input, and that's why the Mantis is is, is very popular, especially in education. I get it, but I can hear people saying now, "Well, you know, of course, it's all reliant on the technology, right? What, what if we're there's a power cut or you know whatever a meteor strikes the Earth, right? Uh, how are you going hang to on, hang on? If I, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> if a meteor strikes the Earth, how will I type out my message to say help? In yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. How will you do that, Stephen? Without you know, you you need to know the Perkins Braille keyboard. I'm putting you, my you head know? between my legs and kissing my backside <laughs> goodbye at that point. So I don't care. And you can put that in Braille and stick it somewhere. I don't care. Stick it yeah. where I'm kissing, frankly. Um, but... I must admit, I am struggling to find a, a reason to argue <laughs> against that because it is it look, is kind look, of true. I I honestly. Um, I think that the value in being able to type in Braille is there. I'm not suggesting for a second it's not. I'm just saying for my personal use, what I found is I have the QWERTY keyboard, I've got the Braille display, and what I'm doing is I'm reaching over the, the Perkins keys to get to the QWERTY all the time. And I'm rarely actually using those keys. The only time I tend to use the Braille input itself is with the iPhone. And that's because essentially I'm replacing that keyboard, and I do find that easier. Um, so I find that quite interesting. You know, I find it, it just... Um, it, oh, it's true. It's, no, it's, it's you're an absolutely right. Conversation. The, the on-screen keyboard can be difficult on the on the iPhone, right? Yeah. I, I, the Braille keyboard, as I've said before, you know, I just learned. I had a few lessons in grade one, and using the Braille input on the iPhone was 
really, really quick. I did find it easier than using the on-screen QWERTY keyboard. So you're going to join me next year? You're going to do this course with me? I am. Yes, definitely. Time. It, it, it's, it's now or never, Stephen. I'm never going to do it if I don't do it now. And I've got to say, I've seen some interesting tweets and, and um, posts from different Braille organisations where they're just throwing out these little tips and these little... Um, these little pointers and bits of advice, which I, I don't know, I've never seen them do it that way before. <laughs> no, that's right. This. I think it's because of people, you know, that, that girl I was telling you about, I think it's people like that, right? They're putting information out there that is more accessible. We're getting away from this idea because you know, when you talk about Braille, it always gets very serious very quickly. Oh, it's like a lecture. It's a yeah. series. You know, it's like taking a course. Well, it is a course, but yeah, it's very um, it's educational. It's all about education. Yeah, it's all about education and it's the importance of it. And I get all that stuff. Of course it's important. All that is important. But at the same time, some of us are not going to use this for any more than notes or for, you know, putting labels on plugs. I mean, how useful is that? Let's be frank about it. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the kind of thing I'm going to use Braille for. I'm not interested in using it to sit and read tons of books. I mean, I'd like to. I mean, the thing for me is, truthfully, I want to be able to read the emails on the show. I said it a couple of weeks ago. I want to be able to sit and read the emails on this show. I can't do that at the moment. So that would be cool. Now, obviously, to do that, I'd have to spend some time reading the emails first before we start so that I'd be able to at least have a sense of where I'm going. So if I lose my place, I can quickly get, you know, catch up because, you know, I can't read that quickly. That's right. Yeah. But it does mean I'd have that skill. And also just being able to sometimes use a device in silence. I don't know about you, but I have a real thing. And I don't know that there'll be a name for this as a condition at some point in the future. But I'm convinced that there's a, a real challenge for some people. And I think I've got this where listening constantly to a speaking voice is off-putting. It's called marriage. Wow. I'm glad you said that. Even even I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I'm, I'm so just, sorry. I'm covering the ears of the Lenovo smart clock here because I can't <laughs> deal with this. Uh, look, stick around because I want to talk about um, something pretty cool that we found. I've been playing with this over the holidays as well. Uh, a browser, a web browser for your Apple Watch. Wow. <laughs> This is pretty cool stuff. And it's made for the sighties, but I think the blindies are going to enjoy it much more. I love when this thing kind of thing comes along. Uh, stick around. We'll get into that next on Double Tap Canada. Double Tap Canada will be back after this. This is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. Now, back to the show. It's uh, Stephen and Sean with you this week. No Mark uh, this week, I'm afraid, but uh, he Aww. will be back with us next week, all going well. So, uh, yeah, we look forward to that. Um, you know, during the break there, I was uh, mucking around with this Lenovo smart clock and I've started the setup process. It's actually, you know, I will say one thing about Google. Uh, their setup process through that Google Home app for devices like this is just incredible, super accessible. Uh, you know, I just downloaded the app. I didn't even have the Google Home app installed. I thought I did. Uh, but I downloaded the app easily, um, got in, immediately found the Lenovo Smart Clock. It started, uh, you know, setting it up, went through the process. What's interesting is, does it have accessibility on it? I imagine yes. it will. Of course it will. Well, Maybe. I hope. Yeah, I hope. But we'll find out. We, hopefully we'll find out by the end of the show. It's doing the update right now. It says eight oh, minutes. It's such a cliffhanger. I know. This is amazing. What if we What if we don't get the answer by the end of this? Um, how does that work? We a... don't stop until it starts speaking. Right, so we just stay on air. Yeah. Sorry, AMI. We're not going anywhere. Something's happening. It's just flashing at me. I don't know what that's doing. Maybe, maybe it'll come to life in a moment. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, next break, we'll, uh, we'll check in on it and uh, then we'll come back and let you know how it goes. Um, I wanted to talk about a new app that has come to light, which is not an app built for blind people, but I think will have a massive benefit to the blind community. <gasps> massive? That's strong words, sir. Well, you know, I, I think sometimes an app comes along and yeah. it's, it's, you know, you, you kind of think to yourself... Is this one of those apps that's, you know, going to make a difference? It's going to change, you know, the use of technology for us? Because I think, you know, when it comes to it, the Apple Watch is a brilliant piece of tech. But I still struggle to know what to do with it half the time. Yes, I totally agree. 
I mean, I mean, it's to me a very expensive talking watch. That's really all I use it for. You know, occasional notifications, maybe answering the odd calls, replying and to And you a just text. bought another one. And I just bought a brand new one. <laughs> and, I don't, and when I bought it, I'm like, why did I even bother? There was nothing wrong with the one I had. I meant the Lenovo, but yes. Oh, yeah, okay. that as well, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is quite cool. So what I'm intrigued to, uh, to tell you about today is this new app. It's called Micro Browser. Now, this is difficult because... It's called it micro browser, but it's not actually. Well, I don't know how it's spelled, or what, I don't know what you might know more about this than I do. It's like an upside down H. Yeah, it's that funny symbol, isn't it? It's symbol browser. But if you just search your oh, hello, if you just search the um, app store for I mean, you know, who would be surprised to know I'm getting deliveries through the day. <laughs> If you just search the App Store for Apple Watch Browser, for me, at least, it was the first result there. And it simply voiceover announces it as Browser. That's it. Oh, it I got Micro it. Browser. I, got, I, I, was, I said Micro Browser when I tried to download it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, mine just said Browser. But when I when I went through uh, either character by character, then it said Micro Browser. So oh, that's it's, interesting. it's a strange one. But, uh, yeah, you'll find it. It was. Uh, it's not a free app. There was a cost to it. I think it was uh, a dollar or something like that. Not very much. Um, what's cool, I think, about all this is that, um, you know, because I have to say, you know, the idea of browsing on a fo- on a watch is, I mean, I remember this, we used to laugh about browsing on a, a phone, right? It was, that's, it was ridiculous. Who's going to want to go on the internet on a tiny screen? Um, yep. Now that's basically how we live our lives. Well, with this micro browser app, basically it's putting the web on your wrist. Now, it is not, I, I don't know what it looks like visually because I always have my screen turned off. Um, so I don't have a clue what it looks like visually. But from a voiceover perspective, once you're in there, um, you can do a couple of things. Basically, it has got its own, the app you download onto the phone allows you to control and add websites that you might want to frequently visit on the watch. And that's pretty cool. So if you have specific sites that you'd like to go to, maybe it's a news site or maybe it's a, like if it was ami.ca, for example, you want to go there and listen to our show, then, you know, you can put that into the app and that is then available on your watch. <laughs> I love how everything's just going to beep and ping all the way through <laughs> this. Oh, hang on. Oh, no, it's just it's just pinging. Right, okay. This is this Lenovo clock. It will eventually get somewhere. Um, but, yeah, basically when you put the, the ami.ca, for example, into the phone, that will then appear as an option on your Watch, uh, but it's you, basically bookmarks, isn't it? You yeah, add exactly. Your bookmarks yeah. on the companion app, and they show up on your. But wrist. you can now use that new keyboard, and I think this is maybe what's driven the developers to to create this. Is you now have that on-screen keyboard on the watch. Now it's not that bad, even with me having the fat finger syndrome. It's actually not that bad to type on. But the most interesting thing is when that keyboard showed up, something happened that I'd never seen before, and that is. On my phone, and you'll if you've got the Apple TV, you'll have seen this before, where you go into a search field or a text field or a password field, it will automatically uh, maybe make your phone vibrate, and it will say, use your keyboard on your iPhone to enter text on that device, in this case, the Apple TV. You can now do this with the Apple Watch. So you don't have to type on the watch. You can type on your phone. Yeah, now, we were talking about this, and... Is this a new feature or has this always been there? But I've never noticed it before. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's new. I think this is new. And I think it's probably, you know, on reflection of it, because when we talked about this, I thought maybe we've just missed it or maybe I've not been aware of it. But of course, since the new update to watchOS, there has been this you know, new keyboard. So it kind of makes sense. Ah, yeah, but that, that new keyboard... That your new keyboard is only available on that bigger, is it the Series 7 Apple Watch, isn't it? It's not for everyone, just on that bigger screen because ah. you've got two mil bigger. Uh, it's not available on my Series 4. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I thought it was across ah. devices. No, no, it's because your massive screen on the latest Apple Watch it always I'm makes me so laugh. I'm so glad <laughs> I bought it now. <laughs> you've got something to lord over the rest of us. <laughs> Um, but My yeah, but, watch has got a keyboard built in. Um, well, may, maybe maybe that's why. Maybe this new feature of you know allowing you to enter text through the iPhone is is because of that. Well, okay, so maybe, you haven't tried this yet, have you? you? I haven't. No, I keep meaning to, but as ever, my Apple Watch is just 
stuck on charge on, next to my uh, bed. So but the reason I I'm interested, turn it on. The reason I'm interested in you trying it is because how would you then enter text into the app on the watch? Well, yeah, I, I just assumed you could just you know enter the text on the companion app and save it as bookmarks. Basically, you couldn't enter a, your, a custom address. You would just use whatever mm. bookmarks you save. But, I mean, you could use Scribble, I suppose, but that's never very good. But if you've got this option of using your iPhone to type the address, then it's all gravy, right? And when you think about it, I mean, because at first I'm thinking, well, this is ridiculous. But actually, you go to see Google as I did. I went to Google to search for something. Um, I was actually looking to get to the AMI website, so that was my intention. And what I did was I typed in accessible media and I was able to use the rotor on the watch to get to headings, to get to links. Um, oh, that's cool. And just basically swipe down to get to where I want. I mean, it's no different, really, frankly, to using the iPhone to, to browse the web. I mean, actually, no difference at all for a voiceover user. Um, you're just doing it all on your watch versus your phone. So I, I think and it's worth I- checking out. How responsive is it? Because that's what it's all about to me. How responsive? Are you waiting for it to catch up when no. you swipe? Blew me away. It was so quick. I remember when, do you remember that Twitter app we tried a while back? I can't, was it Chirp? There's Chirp, yeah, and there's also J, I think is the other one. Yeah. I haven't tried that one, but I tried Chirp and I remember, God, this is terrible. It was so slow loading the tweets and I thought, I can't be yeah. bothered with this. Um, no, this is, this is super fast. No lag at all. Um, and, you know, I think for a voiceover user, this is probably the best way of doing it. If you're on the move and you want to quickly check something on your, you know, I'm thinking about people who might be using their watch independently of their phone. For example, maybe they've got their phone in their bag or yeah. they've only got their watch on their wrist and they've left their phone at home. You Maybe you've got one of those 4G uh, LTE watches, um, you know, the, the SIM inside it. Then, you know, you'd be able to navigate the web just using this. Now, I'd obviously... It would take forever to go through every single website to know how usable this is uh, and how much it can actually bring up. And I think for me, I'm quite intrigued. I'd love Mark to be here to talk about this because I'd like to know what it actually looks like. How do you see what's going on? I mean, Google must be tiny on that screen. Yeah, it's true. I don't know how that works. But I tell you, for us, for us blind folk, I think this is brilliant. So, um, yeah, check it out. It costs a dollar or something. It's nothing. Yeah. Is this the killer app? Is this finally where we say the uh, Apple Watch is actually useful? I think this is this is the first <laughs> time I've seen something where I think I would actually go back to my watch and do this. Um, I mean, there's, really? not, there's not a huge amount of times I would spend. I think when I'm on the move, if I was sitting on a, a train, you know, sitting, browsing the web on my watch actually doesn't seem like a bad idea. Arguably, I could just pull my phone out and do the same thing. There is that. Well, that's the argument for anything you do exactly. on the Apple Watch. That's so, right. Yeah. Why, why would you have one over the other? But, you know, if you're in a situation or you just want to get some information quickly, um, I think that would be cool. If they could link it in with Siri, but of course we all know Siri is useless, but if we could get Siri connected into it so it could, you know, essentially uh-huh. use that as a, some kind of browser to open up information, that would be amazing. But I think we're a long way off that, which is nonsense when you think about it. It is. But, but it's it, nice we got this option. Yeah, I think it? so. I think it's, it's, it's cool. So check it out. Micro browser or... Upside Down H Browser. Yes, this is commonly is. known. <laughs> That's right, Upside Down H Browser, brilliant. Uh, it's about a dollar and it's available on an Apple App Store near you. Uh, you should definitely check it out because uh, I've got to say, I think this is going to be the killer app for this device. I think finally it's got some purpose in life. Oh, well done you. Mm, well done whoever made it. Uh, right, okay, and also well done to put all the accessibility in. I mean, everything works. It's so simple. I think that's the thing about the watch, isn't it? Because of the simplicity of the interface, it kind of makes any app accessible to some degree. It does. Um, Actually, it makes more sense, as you keep saying. It makes more sense for us as visually impaired people because who wants to see that on the screen? A web page on the screen seems weird to me. Stick an AirPod in. you got a Bluetooth keyboard connected to that. Even a Braille display on your Apple Watch now. Wow. Who a phone? Correct. Future wearables, which is actually what we're going to talk about next. Uh, future wearables is uh, something that is very exciting and uh, it's good to see we're kind of already there. Stick around, we'll get into that uh, next here on Double Tap Canada. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. This is Double Tap Canada. Now, back to the show. Yeehaw! Has to be done. Uh... <laughs> Right. No, it doesn't. Uh, well, you know what? I should be uh, less excited because I've just uh, spent a bit of time during the break there setting up finally the uh, Lenovo Smart Clock 2. It does not have 
any accessibility features bar one. <gasps> so no screen reader, so no top back. Uh, it does have zoom in it, interestingly. Although that's not classed as an accessibility feature, or at least there's no settings for it. You just no. double tap on the screen um, with one finger and it will zoom into the text on screen for you and you just use that finger to navigate around the whole screen and bring it you know, closer to you. Um, so that's the only kind of accessibility feature that seems to be in there. The other is a uh, noise to indicate that it has started to listen to you. So when you say the hello to G-Lady or G-Man, you know, well done, and, and thing, then you, whatever you call it. What's that word? God, Google. so much to eat. Um, <laughs> need to stop this. Um, but yeah, basically when you when you say the words, invocation, is that what they call it? Invocation? Oh, the weight words. Yeah, yeah, exactly, the weight words. When you see the weight words, basically, uh, you get a little ding. You you can turn that on and you can get one which will tell you when it's stopped listening as well. So that's the only accessibility feature, basically telling you if it's listening or not. Uh, But there's no talk back in there. So, hmm, that's a shame. Well, so far, I mean, there's no accessibility options under that device in the app. But maybe there may be something in on device. Maybe you need sighted assistance, but it's not looking good. It's not looking good because it's not actually built into the device itself. The only options seem to exist on the app, at least that I can understand. And of course, I can't really see what's going on on that screen well enough to know. It does have reasonably large text on it. I'll send it back. What's the matter no, with you? Quite like it. I might back. keep it as a clock. I'll keep it as a clock. A clock you can't see. Perfect. It's my favourite kind of clock. <laughs> As long as it gets the time right, I'm not really too fast. It'd be nice if... Man, saying that, I could just say, OK, Google Time. Yeah, it doesn't work. Uh, send it back. <laughs> <laughs> Live demos. It's, I think I just unplugged it in fairness. I think that's probably why. Um, yeah, so we talked about wearables, and we're talking about how the watch, you really could, frankly, have lots and lots of wonderful uh, features to it, but we just don't really know what they are because we don't spend enough time with it, frankly. And sometimes it feels like, well, I could just grab my phone and do this anyway. Um, but we are seeing apps come along and, and microbrowser is an example of where it's going, uh, where, you know, that watch does seem a bit more useful in some ways. So that's cool. But I think in 22, we're going to see, I, I'm, I'm predicting it here. I, I think we're going to see Apple Glass finally arrive. And... I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to be in terms of function because I don't think it'll have a camera in it. It may have LiDAR. Oh, terrible idea if they I don't know. have a camera in it. Well, it's not It's not going to, you know, because privacy concerns. People are too obsessed with privacy concerns. Rightly so. Um, Wrongly so. No, no, I think, I think you know, if, you, if you've if you got small kids and you're worried about people walking down the street taking pictures of them, uh, I mean, Then arguably, you're wrong. Well, arguably, don't buy Ray-Ban smart glasses. Um, that's the first <laughs> thing. Um, then, you know, that's that's a concern. I think, you know, people are going to have that argument till, you know, the end of time, frankly, around that. But um, it would be good for us, frankly. I mean, I think about using Ira and not having to hold my phone up. Exactly you know, right. Kind of We're being filmed all the time, no matter what. As soon as you step out of the privacy of your own home, you just assume that everyone's watching you and everyone's filming you. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, to be honest. I honestly don't. And uh, having, oh, no, wow. I don't. It, it's, no, it isn't. Not everyone's uh, dangerous or whatever, filming you for, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, photography in public isn't a crime, I believe some people say. Um, and I'm, I'm down with that. You should, as long as you follow that up with your honour, I think you're fine. You're- <laughs> Look, I just think it would make such a difference for us. Uh, you know, like say, Ira, Be My Eyes, anything like that. It would be a game changer. And, and LiDAR just isn't enough. No, I well, I agree. I think LiDAR will help in a lot of ways. And I think we're getting to a point where AI is going to be the driver here. I mean, AR is where it's all going, isn't it? Augmented reality. And I think that will flip not just to something that people can see, but also how it can interact. And I think mixing AI with AR is going to be a really interesting game changer for us. And we're seeing some products coming out, especially next year. And I really encourage you to watch some of the upcoming episodes of Double Tap TV because we are getting right into some of this, some really clever stuff coming. Um, we're talking about it here on the show as well. But I, 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 you know, it's a really, really exciting time for tech. And I think for blind people, especially that fusion of AR and AI is going to be really, really cool. And I hope Apple, and well, I don't hope, I know Apple will be, all over this. And I think people are waiting for that to drop because that is, frankly, when people will start paying attention to the smart glasses concept. 
or not? I don't know. I I I can't really imagine an Apple product that's that's well, uh, any <laughs> really color completely collapsed and failed. Um, well, it's been a couple, but yeah. I mean, when it comes ping, to smart- ping on iTunes, that was terrible. Oh, it was the music social network. Yeah, well, you, you've just got to look at Google Glass, right? I mean, well, that's that, had- it, that didn't work because of cost. It didn't work because of cost, and I think it was way too early in its development. There's- oh, I'm sorry. Are Apple's uh, glasses going to be dirt cheap? Are they going to be a no, bargain? Absolutely but, but not. But they are talking about what five hundred quid, five hundred dollars. It's going to be the kind of price they're ranging. Uh, now, that's- who's saying that? Well, this is what the you know <laughs> rumor mill is, is saying, yes. right? I mean, who knows? But I think if that's the case, then it's got a shout. You know, I think five hundred quid to a lot of people is a lot of money, and it is a lot of money. But you know, how much is a phone? It's cost more than that. So, yeah, you know, I no, don't it's know. true. But it's all down to the use case, right? What are they going to be able to do? And especially for us, you know, because the whole thing about glass is superimposing AR, superimposing digital information over the real world, which is just futuristic and cool and really useful. But for us, we don't care about that. So for us, it's more about analyzing the world around us and presenting it to us through audio. So I just just don't know. I, I, I don't know. The Apple Watch just keeps springing to mind, right? Everyone wanted the smartwatch. We were waiting and waiting for Apple to release that. And when they did, it was, oh, this is so cool. And as even now, all these years later, we're, we're saying, I don't actually know why I like it, because what am I using it for, apart from telling the time it's and so interesting, isn't browsing it? the because web? Because we, we were at a point in our life where, you know, everything came out and it was starting to become accessible and we were all really excited about it. And it was, all, it was almost like we felt bad if we weren't excited by it. And I think that's a really good place for blind people to be going into 2022 with because you're, you're at a point where it's it's actually okay to not be excited by a piece of tech. That means that we're just average consumers in that case. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, no, that's a, a good, good place point. to be. That's a really yeah. good place to be and I'm really pleased that we're there. Um, we could talk so much more about this because there's so much I think about what's going to be with Apple Glass and what it will you know, become I'm really excited to get into all that. Lots of exciting conversations going to be in next year's shows. Uh, do uh, stick around. Keep, of course, subscribed to our feed on the podcast. Keep checking us out here on AMI Audio. And, of course, Double Tap TV as well. All the details and all of that coming up here uh, in just a second. Uh, from me, though, and uh, Sean Priest, thank you for joining us this year. We'll be back in 2022. Sean, have a happy new year when it comes. And you. Thanks for listening and keep your feedback coming. Call 1-844-971-1999 and leave us a voicemail. Email feedback at ami.ca. We're also on Twitter at DoubleTap Canada and on Facebook. Can't wait till next week? Ask your smart speaker to play DoubleTap Canada or listen on the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. Catch you again next time. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.